You've got a vision, you've got an idea, you have a business, but you can't seem to move forward. You've come to the right place. Welcome to Vision Possible. The show that empowers you to believe, conceive, and achieve your goals. We are your hosts, Butch and Julianne Hartman. We are business owners, entrepreneurs, authors, wealth strategists, television producers, and content creators who have negotiated multi-million dollar deals. We'll teach you the secret formula to success. Learn how to make your daydream your day job. Find out more at visionpossible.net. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Take your business and scale it to the next level. Get ready to transform your life by making your vision possible. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Vision Possible. I'm Butch Hartman, and it is just, oh, man, what a joy to be here with you guys. I'm so pleased that uh, you're here joining us on this amazing channel. You know, I've been on YouTube for a while now with different channels, but this is the first channel I've ever done that is specifically dedicated to helping you make your daydream your day job. I know what it's like to want to do something in a certain field of interest and to not have any clue how to go about it. I mean, it's just, you know, you kind of have to stumble and bumble your way along until maybe somebody helps you or maybe you fall into the right doorway, provided you knock on enough doors. You know, that, that is one way to do things. But hopefully this channel and all the teachers on this channel, we get some amazing teachers on this channel. And I think you're going to love all the people that uh, come on during the course of the week. We have some incredible, incredible instructors that teach different areas um, of success from finance to uh, social media and on and on and on and I think you're gonna love exactly uh, or love what we teach here because it's exactly what you're looking for so uh, hey welcome I'm glad you're here so you know what let's start with a little bit uh, of who I am and why I'm doing what I'm doing like I said I'm here because I want to help you guys achieve your goals now I can't do the goal for you I can't grab you by the hand and drag you along physically, but I can provide these videos as resources for you to drop on, to, to look back on, and to maybe learn something that you didn't know. You know, my specialty is entertainment. That's what I do. I've been in children's television animation for over 35 years at this point. Um, I've been in the Hollywood entertainment uh, uh, system for over 35 years. I know a lot about how to achieve uh, goals, how to... Um, deal with success, how to deal with a defeat, how to uh, get around the obstacles, how to pitch a show, how to, uh, how to run a team, how to draw, how to write. I've got Emmy nominations in songwriting and in writing and a whole bunch of other things. My show's been nominated for Emmys. I mean, I've, I've kind of run the gamut in Hollywood of all kinds of things, and I really know a lot, and I want to help you guys learn it too. So Without further ado, uh, we'll start about uh, we'll start with, by talking about me, and then uh, we'll get around to the goals I want to help you with. Uh, today's session is called uh, "Getting Your Hollywood Dream Job." So, getting your Hollywood dream job. How do we go about doing that? How do you go about getting a dream job in Hollywood? Well, let me walk you through a little bit of what I've done, and you can sort of see the path I took. Your path will be different, of course, but these are some of the steps I took. So, I started off. Uh, as a young man in Michigan, I was born in Michigan, uh, and in Michigan, you know, everybody around me was in the auto industry. I come from a town very close to Detroit. Everybody uh, was making cars or making parts of cars or something affiliated with the auto industry. I never wanted to do that. I was a nerd. I was a geek. Before the word nerd and geek were cool, you know, I guess, are they cool? Anyway, but uh, they've become cool. But I... I was a guy who loved comic books, and I loved uh, cartoons. I loved, uh, you know, Christmas specials that were animated. I loved uh, Saturday morning cartoons. I loved movies. 
I loved all kinds of stuff. I loved Dungeons and Dragons. I love things like that, you know. So I grew up loving fantasy, loving storytelling. I really finally finally broke it down later on in life. I was like, what I really loved was great stories. That's what I love. So um, in Michigan, where I'm from, there really wasn't a big industry for that. There's not a lot of entertainment that goes on in a big way in Michigan. Yeah, there's some local newscasts and there's radio stations and things like that, but there's nothing like, you know, television stuff like I wanted to do. As a kid in Michigan back then, you know, I would sit and watch TV for hours and hours and hours and I would draw the cartoon characters on the TV screen. And back when I was younger, there was no way to freeze the image. There was no DVR. There was no VCR. I'm really showing my age with VCR, right? But there was no way to freeze it. So I would draw Fred Flintstone as fast as I could, or I would draw Spider-Man off the TV as fast as I could, you know, because I just wanted to had, I had to get them in my, in my memory bank so I could draw them in the future. So I started drawing as a very little kid, a very young little kid. I was about five or six years old, and uh, I realized that by drawing, and drawing well, I could get attention from adults. And I kind of stumbled into it. I drew a picture one day, and all these adults around me were raving about it. And I thought, wow, if I draw again, the adults will give me more attention. So that's, that's kind of where I started. And then um, I went from doing that to... Um, uh, you know, growing up and wanting to uh, become an artist because I just really loved it. I started, I loved drawing uh, books, uh, comic books of my own. Um, I loved uh, drawing my own cartoons. Back then, we didn't have the internet. There was no way to really even make my own cartoon or my own shows or anything. So I, I'd get movie cameras. We'd make movies with my, my brothers and my cousins. We'd make live action movies and things. And um, so I really was trying to find ways to make entertainment even back then when I was younger. And um, I heard about this magical school uh, in uh, Valencia, California called Cal Arts. It was called Cal Arts. And uh, I, I knew back when I was in high school in 10th grade that I wanted to go to this school called Cal Arts. And so I thought, how do I get to Cal Arts? How am I going to do that? And uh, at the time, I actually had two friends that were older than me that were living in Michigan. We went to different schools, though, but they were friends of mine. We were nerds together. We were drawing cartoons all the time. And they were going to go to this school called CalArts, too. They were going to go there, but they were going to be going there a couple years ahead of me because they were older than me. So one guy went, and he was a senior. I was a, sop I was a sophomore. My other friend was a junior. Uh, friend number one went. Friend number two went the next year. Then I went the third year. But before I even got to go... I had to submit my portfolio. So how was I going to do that? What kind of portfolio would get me into a fancy art school like that? And I want to stop here in this part of the story because I want you to see where I was at that point. I was a young man, wanted to get to California. No one in my family had ever been to California before, much less lived there or worked there. How was I going to do that? How was I going to break that mindset that I had grown up in? You know what I mean? Um, not that I grew up around bad people. I just grew up around people that never wanted to go to California. So how am I going to do this? I had to get out of my comfort zone. Are you in a comfort zone right now? That's my question. Are you living in a comfort zone you're so used to and you're terrified to break out of it? Is that somewhere where you are right now? Just let me know. Um, I want to know if you're ready to break out of your comfort zone. And if so, are you ready to do it now? Are you a young person ready to go? Are you an older person who's been in the comfort zone for so long you have no idea even how to get out of the comfort zone. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I decided to get out of my comfort zone, and I was just a young, ambitious kid. I wanted to go to California, so I'd start, I started working on my portfolio. And I knew that the um, CalArts folks, that to get into the Disney animation program at CalArts at the time, because that's what I wanted to be, was a Disney animator. I knew to get into that program, I had to be top-notch art-wise. I had to get better than I ever was before, so I started training. It's almost like a Rocky Balboa thing. Instead of doing it physically, I had to do it artistically. Um, they wanted to see a lot of uh, like you know, life drawing. 
what is life drawing? It's where you actually look at a real person or a real dog or a real cat and you draw them. And you get like a real, um, real good uh, knowledge of the world around you by doing that. And so I thought, what a great place to go do that uh, would be, a great place to, be, to go, go do that would be the zoo. You know, I'm going to go to the Detroit Zoo and draw all the exotic animals in the zoo. Well, the thing about Detroit is when it's uh, winter and it's freezing there, uh, the zoo is free. You can just walk right in the zoo. So I would be in my big winter coat taking my sketch pad out there and drawing the tigers and the lions and the penguins and the gorillas and all that stuff because I wanted to go to California. Let me ask you this. Are you willing to go out in the snow <laughs> with a sketch pad in front of a tiger and sketch in order to achieve your goal? Are you at that level? Are you so committed to your goal? I was just committed at that point. I was a committed guy. You might be committed in a different way. But what, what about you shows you that you're committed? And if, if you're not committed, how do you get committed? We'll talk about that too. So anyway, I'm uh, doing my drawings. I'm getting my portfolio ready. And I decide uh, to send it off to CalArts and let's see if they accept it. Well, I sent my portfolio in. I'll never forget the day. I went down to my mailbox and I got my letter from CalArts and I said I was accepted. I got accepted. I had my friends at CalArts who were already there, the guys who left before me. I would send them my drawings from the zoo and other drawings. I'd send them through the mail, the snail mail at the time. That's all we had. There was no internet. I would send those drawings in the mail. My friends would, could, they would critique the drawings and they'd send them back to me. So I kind of had my own little um, set of resources already at the school doing kind of reconnaissance intel for me, telling me what the school was looking for. And so if you want to achieve a goal, you need to get some resources. And I just want to ask you, do you have those resources? And if you don't, that's okay. But you can find them. You need to be committed in finding them. And you need to be so focused on your goal that you will uh, make those resources if possible. So anyway, uh, my friends uh, helped me get into that school. I got in. I went to CalArts for three years. I couldn't afford my fourth year. And I thought, well... I want to get a job in the animation industry. Now is the best time to try. I don't want to go back to Michigan. My goal was to stay in California. So I'm going to stay here and sink or swim. I'm going to keep a job out here. So I got, um, I got my, uh, my, 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 you know, my guts going there. I got all excited and I went out and I, I got my portfolio, a new portfolio now. Now I'm about 21 years old. I've been in the animation school for three years. And by the way, when I got to the animation school, I have to tell you, when I got there, I uh, thought I was a good artist, but when I got into animation school, I realized I wasn't a good artist at all. These other people that I was with, all these other um, you know, uh, men and women who came from all parts of the world, they were just incredible. Just incredible. You think that's a little bit intimidating? Yeah, it's very intimidating. Have you ever been in a situation like that where you are uh, thinking you're something, you're thinking you're this level, then you realize you're at this level? Let me ask you this. Are you going to run away screaming, turn around and go, I, I give up, I have to go, I, I can't do this? Or are you going to suck it up, um, get a determined face on, and decide you're going to achieve that goal anyway? Well, I would hope you'd want to achieve the goal because that's what we're here for on Vision Possible. We want to help you make your daydream your day job. And so, you know, and I ask people this all the time. What do you do every day? What do you do every day that no one has to pay you to do? You just do it all day long. You love it. What do you do? That's what you should do for a living. That's what you should do because that's what you love to do, right? So if you're not doing what you love to do for a living, let's figure out a way to get you to that point. Again, the title of this episode is Getting Your Hollywood Dream Job, Your Entertainment Dream Job, Getting Your Entertainment Dream Job. So how do we get your entertainment dream job? Let's keep going. So 
I was in school and I uh, decided I'm going to go, um, I, I, I left school after three years, I'm going to go uh, get a job in animation. I finally got a job, I, I, on my first couple of tries I actually was good enough to get a job at Marvel Productions and I got this job, Marvel, you know, Marvel the comic book company, they had an animation studio out here in California in the San Fernando Valley, they were making TV shows at the time. I got hired at Marvel, it was so cool and I thought, you know what? This is going to be great. I get to draw Spider-Man and Captain America and the Hulk and the X-Men. It's going to be so great. My first job was on a show called My Little Pony. <laughs> I got a job on My Little Pony. And I was hired to do one thing. I was hired to be a character designer. That's what I was very, very good at was character designing. But my first day on the job, they said, yeah, we're going to hire you to be a character designer, but I need you to do these storyboards right now. I had never done an animation storyboard in my life for anyone but myself at the time. And I only did some very, very small uh, storyboards for myself. I really had no professional experience doing storyboards at all. But they put me on this job. Now, what do I say? Do I say no? Or do I say, yes, I'll take the challenge? Well, I decided to take the challenge. And guess what happened? I got fired. That's right. I got fired off the job because I didn't know how to do storyboards. I certainly didn't know how to take on the workload of a storyboard. I didn't know how to commit myself mentally to that type of work because it was a much bigger job than being a character designer. Character designer, I could do a, a drawing in maybe 20 minutes. Storyboard is all day, all week. It takes multiple hours. It's a much bigger job, but it's also a much higher paying job as well. Anyway, I got fired off of that show because I couldn't do the storyboards. My skill set was not where it needed to be. Well, let me ask you. That's right. Next question. Is your skill set at the level you need it to be. We'll talk about that too. So I get fired off this job. I've got my first job in animation. I've been in California for a while. I lose my job. I have no money. What do I do? Do I, again, do I run back to my comfort zone? Do I go back to Michigan? No. I decided I'm gonna fight for this. So I got my portfolio together again. Actually started, I actually by this time knew a couple people uh, that were actually in the industry because I'd been working there in the industry for a couple months and I knew people from school So I started making phone calls. Do you guys know where there's a job? Is there a job? Is there a job? So I started using what's called resources and as a visionary You're a visionary as a visionary You need to know what your resources are and if you don't have any resources you need to find some You need to find resources because no one can do everything on their own um, you can do a lot of things on your own. You can do a ton of things on your own. You can't do everything on your own. You especially can't get to the level you want to get to on your own. You're going to need a team around you because the level you're trying to get to is going to require a team. It really is. So anyway, uh, I ended up getting another job after that at Ruby Spears Productions. Ruby Spears were the guy, Joe Ruby and Ken Spears created Scooby-Doo for Hanna-Barbera back in the 60s. They started their own animation studio. I actually watched their cartoons as a kid, and now I'm working at Ruby Spears Productions, which was just amazing. I got that job, I worked there for about six years, and then I got another job um, at Hanna-Barbera after that. Hanna-Barbera was the cartoon studio I, worked, I, I watched all the time growing up. I mean, the Flintstones, the Jetsons, Johnny Quest, uh, the Wacky Races, Scooby-Doo, you name the cartoon, they were on Saturday morning. Hanna-Barbera made them. Now I'm working there in the early 90s. So I worked there for a while, then Hanna-Barbera turned into Cartoon Network. And by this time, I've gotten a whole bunch of skills. I can now do character designs. I can now do storyboards. I can now do uh, background designs. I can now do writing. I'm actually trying to train myself as a writer at this point. I hadn't been paid as a professional writer at this point, but I really wanted to become a writer. So after work every day, I would go home and I would write my own stories. 
No one has ever read them. No one ever will read them. But I really wanted to get to that level where I could write the story. And so I now went from a guy who could just do, who could just do character designs into becoming a guy who could do all those art skills plus be a writer. Do you think my value had increased? It had increased, absolutely. And by the way, did anyone force me to do any of that? No. Who forced me to do that? I forced me to do that. I forced me. No one even asked me to do it either. It wasn't like they were going, Butch, we'll give you this job if you, if you do all these things. No one even promised me anything, but I knew for a fact in my heart, because I'd seen it. I'd been in an environment where I'd seen it. I, um, I saw that by doing these things and by making an effort and by making people's lives easier, you become a more valued commodity. You become a more valued asset and they will pay you more and they will give you more opportunity. By the way, another thing about atmosphere. You know, I went to CalArts when, when, when I went to that school, uh, the art school, the atmosphere around me was so creative. I was in a room with superstars of animation who are still running the industry to this day. If I told you some of the people I went to school with, you wouldn't believe it. They're just the most talented people in the world. But that atmosphere pumped me up like you can't believe. It made me go from, I was like a thermometer. You go from here and it goes whoop to the top and explodes. And my creativity went through the roof. It was so exciting because the atmosphere was exciting. And plus, when I worked in all these animation studios, the atmosphere was super exciting as well. So don't forget to put yourself in environments that enhance your creativity, not diminish it. So real quick, I, um, I'm condensing this story so much, there's so much to tell, but uh, I, I worked at Hanna-Barbera um, for a while and then they offered us there, the people at Hanna-Barbera were taken over by new management, Cartoon Network came in and made Hanna-Barbera into Cartoon Network. They said, hey, we're going to offer everybody here a chance to pitch and sell their own show. We'd love to see what you have. Now, what do you do in a situation like that? Do you say, oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm fine over here. I've been doing this for a while. I'm in my comfort zone, right? You don't want to be in the comfort zone. I, I had created a new comfort zone, but I want to get out of that comfort zone too. I, I now want to go from worker bee to the boss. I want to start creating my own show now, right? So am I taking another jump now? Am I taking another uh, leap toward a goal that I want? Yes, I am, and you can too. You absolutely can. But you got to have a clear vision of what you want. You have to have a clear vision of what you want. Because when the vision is clear, results will appear. I want you to write that down. When the vision is clear, results will appear. And if you don't have a clear vision, you're not going to have anything appear. So get your vision clear. Anyway, after that, um, I started selling short cartoons at Hanna-Barbera. I sold three or four of them. Uh, the first couple weren't that great, but they got better as I went. And by the way, when you sell your own cartoon, you're now the boss. You've got to be in charge of the character designs and the writing and the voices and the backgrounds and the color styling. There's a million pieces you have to pay attention to. And I had, didn't really know it at the time. I look back now. I was put in an atmosphere where I was, giving, I was getting more and more responsibility as I went. And that leads me to this. Finally, in 1997, I had an opportunity to pitch another cartoon. It was called The Fairly Odd Parents. And it's funny, I pitched it to Cartoon Network, and they didn't want it. But then I pitched it to Nickelodeon, and they bought it. So I pitched one short cartoon to Nickelodeon, they bought it, and suddenly I was over at, I had left Hanna-Barbera Cartoon Network, I left them, went over to um, uh, Nickelodeon, and sold The Fairly Odd Parents. I made 10 short cartoons there, The Fairly Odd Parents, pretty much by myself. I had like two people helping me. Made 10 short cartoons, 
Um, they focus tested about six of them. And focus testing is when they uh, put your cartoon in front of a bunch of kids in a room and they see if they like it. And uh, fortunately for me, they liked it. And Nickelodeon saw the potential in the show and the rest is history. And they bought Fairly Odd Parents. And my life changed forever from that point because I got to become uh, a boss like I always wanted. I got to become uh, a writer like I always wanted. I got to become uh, a character designer and a storyboard artist, and uh, I was I was a voice director. I got to write my own theme songs and everything. I really took advantage of everything that was given to me, and you can too. That's just the first part of my story. There's a lot more of the story, but I want you guys to think about this. Getting your entertainment dream job. How do you get your entertainment dream job? How do you do that? I want to give you an assignment until the next video, okay? Your assignment is this. I want you to write down everything you want to do in the entertainment industry. I don't care what it is. It could be winning an Oscar to sweeping the floor of a soundstage. I don't care what it is. Anything in between that. What do you want to do in the entertainment industry? And we're going to uh, work on goals that are going to get you to that dream job. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be creative. It's going to be hugely memorable and super uplifting and very, very powerful for you. Getting your entertainment dream job. You've got to have goals. You've got to have resources to get to those goals. You've got to have a great environment that you put yourself in. And number one, you've got to have a clear vision because when the vision is clear, results will appear. Okay? All right, that's it for this session. But listen up. Next time, we're going to be looking at those goals that you've written down and we're going to see different ways we can achieve those goals and talk about what's holding you back and what can drive you forward like a rocket ship to that next goal. Okay? All right, don't forget, we want to help you make your daydream your day job. See you next time. You've been listening to Vision Possible. To get more information or to contact Butch and Julianne to schedule your private coaching session, go to visionpossible.net. That's visionpossible.net.